All right. But we're on part seven. It's amazing how it doesn't seem like we've been doing this this long. Maybe to you it does, but but to but we're on we're on part we're on part seven of raising your kids in the gos, in the gospel. If you listen real closely, you can find you can hear that we're just not talking about your kids. We're talking about us. We're talking about we, the ultimate Father, our heavenly Father, and how He. How he trains us, how he disciples us, how he loves us, how he corrects us the same way that he's called us to be ambassadors to our children to represent him as authorities in their life. We're supposed to be doing it in the same manner, right? And he does it, he does it through the gospel. The law did not work. If the law worked, Jesus would have never had to come. That's, that, that's something that you have to remind yourself quite often is that if, if the law really works, then Jesus would have never, ever had to come. And a person that is always, is a legalist, always using the law for correction, is a person that doesn't understand what the law was intended to do. And it was to lead us to the need of a Savior. And, and through the new birth, we, we have a new spirit that's put in, in us. We have a new heart, and we have new desires, and we have new want-tos. And we're no longer living in a place of fear, but of love, right? And so, so we find out that we have a heavenly father. The Bible calls him our Abba, which means daddy, our daddy, right? How more intimate can you get than that? People would think you're blasphemous saying that, that God is your, your daddy. You need to be more reverent than that. It's interesting that the Holy Spirit used that word, that's what God wants you to know him as, as, as your daddy, right? And there's sometimes in, in life where he's father, right? Sometimes I got to be father in my, my home. But I don't desire those days. I don't desire those days where I have to be father. I like the days where I'm daddy. <laughs> Amen. What's going on with your children is deeper than moments of disrespect. It's deeper than defiant episodes and deeper than the refusal to obey. All of these sad things are rooted in a very, very, rooted in a very significant heart issue. And that heart issue is authority. And this isn't a problem just with our kids. And we're kind of getting ahead of myself. We do not like the word authority. There is something within us. There's a rebellion that rises up as soon as you hear that word authority. It's the residue of the fall. The point is, is if you don't deal with this fundamental issue, all the good things that you seek to accomplish as God's tool in the life of your children will not, will not work. I can't overstate this enough. You're not dealing with... With the words that your kids do, you're not dealing with the actions that your kids do. Those are just fruit. I, I, I'm saying, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. But as myself, as I've seen how I'm a rea- I, I was a reactionary parent. And I'm more driven by emotions and, and the heat of, of their, what they just said or what they just did rather than having a bigger picture and seeing that they, the reason why they said what they said and what they did is because they're lost, because they don't understand, they don't have understanding, they don't have wisdom, that they need a parent, they need guidance, they need protection, 
So we need to really understand this. The reason why our kids do those things that they do is because there's a fundamental issue, and it's in, in their heart. We're dealing with our kids' hearts, not their actions. The most important heart issue of every child ever born is the issue of authority. You don't, I, I don't think you realize how big this issue of authority is, but as we go through this teaching, you're going to see how important for a kid to understand that authority is there for their good and not for their harm. Our children must learn early that they have been born into a world of authority, and they're not it. See, that's the thing is, is most people need to realize that there's a God, and they're not it. They're not him. See, we as, we as parents, we just transfer, we just grow up to be bigger kids, bigger children, bigger, bigger rebe- rebellious kids, brats. Why is this so important? Because submission to authority that is not me is unnatural for any sinner. See, sin makes, sin makes us want our own way. Sin makes us want to set our own rules. Sin convinces us all of, of us that we know better. Sin causes me to want to do what I want to do when, I, when and how I want to do it. Sin makes me resist being told what to do by another. Do you realize that this is the fall? See, it's more, it's more flowery in, 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 in the story that was told in Genesis. But really, this is what Adam and Eve said about God. There's a tree there that if I partake of that, I can be like God. I can know what's good for me, and I can know what's bad for me. And I won't need God anymore. I won't need to be under his authority. I do not need to rely on him. I do not need to trust in him. I, I, I can be my own, my own God. And sin means to miss the mark. We were not created to be our own gods. We were, not, we were created to be dependent. And there's something within the heart of man that rebels against the need for, for someone else, someone else to have authority over us. Sin really does... Insert me into the center of my world. That's the self-centeredness part of it. The one place that I must never be because it's a place for God and God alone. Because of the fall, children come into this world as self-appointed, self-sovereigns. They were never created to fill this role. See? And because they, were, they see themselves as self-sovereign, that they're in authority, the fight is on. Do you really think... The reason why your child will not eat the meal that you prepared for them has anything to do with nutrition? That they, that they know what's good for them and what's bad for them? That, that, that it really has to do anything to do with taste? No, it has to do with authority. You can't tell me what to eat. I will choose for myself what to eat. I'll choose not to eat. It has nothing to do with the food that you prepared. It has to do with them rebelling against authority. What music to listen to? The reason why they listen to the music and what they do is what they do. They choose music that their parents don't like. 
Why? Because they want to be their own person. They want to be independent. That fight on the music they listen to, it's not about good music and bad music. I listen to some music that I listened to when I was a kid, and it's horrible. It's no good. And what's interesting is, like, the classic rock and even Frank Sinatra, the Beatles, those are things that, like, man, why didn't I like this when I was a kid? This is great. This is great music. And it's even older now than it was when I was a kid. It's because it has nothing to do with the music. It's the rebellion against authority. That's what Woodstock was all about. And it was rooted and grounded in what? Music that the parents hated. What to watch? Television shows that they want to watch. You you set up guidelines for your kids, and it doesn't matter how much... I got to watch what I say. My wife got after me because I said pissed off last week. (laughs) And then she said, and then you said it again. So so I got to watch what I say. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, you know, what, what to watch? You know, there was one, and, and we had to set up guidelines. So there, there's one that was out. I have um, restrictions set up on, my, on our Netflix. And there was one, there was one show that came, came, was hot. Everybody wanted, all the kids were watching it. And it was 13 Reasons. And I told my kids, no, if it's above our rating, there's no reason for you to watch. I don't care if all the other kids, well, come to find out. And they were really bugging me. Come to find out, all of a sudden the schools are putting out the thing, do not let your kids watch this. They've had many kids committing suicide. What it was, it was a person committed suicide, and it was the 13 reasons why they committed suicide. And there were so many copycats after this, kids watching this. See, my kids don't know what they want to watch. And because there's guidelines set up, they rebel against it. They want, they want to be... Not told what to do. But this was a great opportunity to show show them, see, you don't know. You don't know. What to wear, it has nothing to do with style. It has to do with being independent. It has to do with not doing what their parents have requested of them. It has to do with bucking authority for them to be in control. Them to be. What time to go to bed. It has nothing to do. They could be dead tired. And they will fight you to go to bed. I mean, how many times have you fought with your kid to go to bed? And you're fighting. And Jimmy gets to stay up till 10 o'clock. Why can't I stay up till 10 o'clock? And, blah. and, and then you get in a fight. You fight with them. They finally get in bed. And then within 20 minutes, it's dead quiet in there. They're, I mean, they're out like that. Five minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. It's just about bucking authority. Your daughter is not just uh, resisting choices. They're fighting against the exercise of authority. They're not fighting fighting being told what to do. They are buying into the destructive delusion of self-rule. In 2 Corinthians 5.15, He died for us so that we will all live. Not for ourselves, 
but for him who died and rose from the dead. See, Jesus died for us so what? We might live. In him is true life found. And guess where true life is found? In him, living for him. Not, we no longer live for ourselves because why? Because that leads to destruction. That leads to heartache. That leads to brokenness. We now live for him. We have been saved from ourselves so that we might live to him. Let this statement sink in. One of the primary purposes of Jesus going to the cross was to address the very thing we're talking about, authority. Jesus knew that your children would be born into, with the bondage to, to themselves. We talked about this last week. We have to teach our kids and we have to teach ourselves to say no. Not to other people, not to those in authority, to ourselves. We're the ones that we have to learn to say no to. We need to buffet our body, like Paul said. We need to tell ourselves what is truth and what is not truth. We need to be in control of ourselves. Jesus knew that your child would be born with a bondage to themselves. And the only thing that can break that bondage is God's grace. His empowering grace. So the question is, how well do you model this before your children? How well do you submit to authority? You have to be very careful when you talk about your boss. You have to be very careful when you talk about your pastor. You got to be very careful when you talk, talk about the police, people in authority over you, teachers. I mean, we've entered into a, pla- a place where we... We now take the side of the children over the, the teachers, the principals, and those at school. We, give, we don't give the people in authority the, the benefit of the doubt. There's no way little Johnny, sorry, John, there's no, <laughs> there's, there's no way little Johnny would do something like that. You're just picking on him. See, we buck authority, and it's becoming, it's becoming more and more prevalent in the earth. And God is the one that created authority. Without authority, you would have what? Chaos. So how well do you model submitting to authority before your kids? If you buck authority, if you're always talking against authority, why would you be surprised when your own children buck authority? your authority over them. And in the end, but God's authority. Do you give the impression that mom and dad live only for themselves, or do you live to show the greater plan of living for the kingdom of God? This means that there is a natural resistance to authority in every child who has ever been born since the fall of Adam and Eve in the, in the garden. Every child in some way wants his or her own way. Every child tends to think that being told what to do is a negative thing. Why is that? Every child wants to write his own moral rules and follow his own life plan. We tell our kids... Go clean your room. They think that's negative. Why is that, why is that negative to live in a clean room? The delusion of the right to self-rule is one of the sad results of sin in the hearts of all, all of our children. 
But it, this also tells us that there's a very good news. As a Christian parent, you are not alone in your battle to establish authority in the lives of your children. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then heirs through God. God controlled the forces of nature. God controlled the forces of nature, and he ordered the events of human history so that at just the right time, Jesus would come. He would live a life that we could not live. He would die a death that we deserved, and he would be raised again to defeat sin, death, and the grave. He did all this so that by powerfully delivering and transforming grace, he would break the bondage of our own selves that was in Adam. We are no longer slaves, but now we have become sons. Mom and dad, you have no ability at all, and we've said this over and over again, by the tone of your voice, by the force of your personality, or by your physical size, or by your threats to deliver your children from their addiction to self-rule. If you did, then Jesus would have never had to come. But Jesus did come, and Jesus does have the power to transform our children's hearts. And he has, the tra- he has the power to transform your hearts. He cares so much about the dark delusion of self-rule that lives in the hearts of all children that he literally gave his life so that they would be rescued from this bondage. Here's how important this is. People who are committed to self-rule won't submit to the rules of another. And because they won't submit to the rules of another, they don't think that they are wrong or confess their wrongs. And because they don't confess their wrongs, they, don't, they won't seek God's forgiveness or seek God's help. The drive for self-rule is the thing that, apart from God's grace, separates our children and ourselves from God. You could not consider a more central heart issue for every child ever born than this one. This is what all your parenting issues mount up to. This is what this is the battle. That of self-rule and authority. To reject authority is to reject God. Who is authority over all authority. The rejection of God has never, ever led a person to life. So every time we reject authority, we reject God, who is authority over all authority, and the decision to reject God has never led a person to anywhere good. To anywhere good. When you work to establish clear, loving, consistent biblical authority in the lives of your children, you are doing gospel work. Do you realize that? When you are training your kids that, the, that submission to authority is important, you are actually proclaiming the gospel to them because as, as we talked about earlier, you were bought with a price. Your body's not your own. You are no longer slaves. You're sons of God. We now live for Christ, not for ourselves. Authority is a work of grace. And we're doing gospel 
We're preaching the gospel. We're doing gospel work when we train our kids into that. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4. All you parents have been waiting for this scripture. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And that's what we tell our, tell our kids. That's the most important ver, um, sentence in this scripture, right? Wrong. Wrong. The most important phrase in this point, in this passage of scripture, is not what the children must do. It's what leadership does. Leadership is always the most important. Those that are over authority over others, what they do is most, is most vital because they are leading those under authority. They are leading by example. So parents, this is the most important part. Fathers, talking about mothers too, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Exercising ambassadorial authority is doing gospel work. Let's read that last sentence again. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is where the discussion of your exercise of authority must begin. Are you exercising your authority in your children's life the way that God does? It's vital. It's vital that you understand that you have no independent autonomous authority as a parent. None. You have not been given the right and power to exercise authority in the lives of your children any way you want. The opposite is true. Just because you, it says, honor your father and mother, obey your father and mother, doesn't mean that you can just Treat them any old way that you want. You are, you're not autonomous. You're not independent either. Your children are not independent, and you are not independent. You have to be put yourself under the authority of God. You are under authority. You submit to God. The authority that you have in ambass- is ambassadorial authority. You're an ambassador for Christ. You have no authority of your own. You are representing the one that has the authority, who is God. The ambassador does not have any authority of himself. He has authority only because he represents a king who has authority. Here's God's amazing plan. God makes his invisible authority visible by sending visible authority. You understand that? God, who people cannot see, right? That they they don't see his authority over the earth. He makes that invisible authority visible by sending visible authority figures as his representatives. This means that every time you exercise authority in in the lives of your children, you are to be a beautiful picture of the authority of God. In the lives of your children, you are to look, you are the look of God's face. 
You are the touch of his hand. You are the tone. You are the tone of his voice. We must never exercise authority angrily or in an impatient way. We must never exercise authority in an abusive way. We must never exercise authority in a selfish way. You have been put into your position as a parent to display before your children how beautiful, wise, patient, guiding, protective, rescuing, and forgiving God's authority is. So do you realize that every time that you represent God in a negative light, you are out from under his authority? You are self-independent. You are self-ruling. You are doing it your way. We don't see it that way. This means that you don't let your anger at your children's disobedient control you so that you do things that you should not do. Why? Why do you not allow other people's actions to control you, to allow your emotions to control you? Because you're under authority. You're under authority. Do you know what, what causes warriors to stand in a straight line and walk into arrows shooting at them? Not fear. Not because they're brave. It's because they're under authority. They are following the commander's dictates. It's now, they just walk right into battle. Why? Because they are under authority. They have authority pounded into their training so that they'll even walk in, into something that they know they're going to die because they are told by the commander to do so. And that's the way it is with this. This, this, we can't allow anger to control us. We can't allow our emotions to control us. We can't allow other people's actions to dictate how we act. Why? Because we're under God's authority. God does not, God does not want us to be controlled by our emotions. He wants us to be controlled by the Spirit. This is, di- this is big. This is deep. It means never pinching, poking, yanking, shoving, slapping your child just out of a reactionary. Why? Because God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. It means that you never combine your discipline with berating, demeaning, or condemning talk. Why are you so stupid? I can't believe you're my daughter. I have forgotten more than you'll ever learn. Is that God? But unfortunately, those are very, just those phrases, three phrases right there are very, very common in the vocabulary of parents. It means that you don't treat your child as your indentured servant, as if they are there to make your life easier. What's that mean? I mean, your children should. They should participate in the household chores. But if you're watching TV, and the remote's 10 feet away from you, across the room, you don't call your kids from the bedroom to come and get your remote for you or to bring you your newspaper. Why? Because God doesn't do that. That's, that's an abuse of authority. 
And we've all had people of authority over us that have abused their authority, right? And when we do it as a parent, and what does that cause? That causes a rebellion. When those in authority abuse their authority, it causes a rebellion in the hearts of, of the people that are underneath them. Do you think it's any different with your kids? You should never exercise authority in a way that makes, makes it look as though you're breaking rel- relationship with your child. That's huge right there. God will never do anything in your life where it looks as he's breaking relationship with you. Everything that God does, everything that God does in your life, he, he does it in a way that causes you to realize that he's doing it for your own good, your own safety, your own rescue. Because you have a relationship with him. You must learn to be more consistent with your authority than the Michigan weather. What, what does this mean? For a lot of kids, they, they have no idea what mom and dad's going to say is okay and what's not okay. It all depends on, on their mood. You should never let your exercise of authority be dictated by your mood. This will always lead to confusion and inconsistent culture of authority where what was wrong yesterday doesn't seem to be wrong today. If you exercise authority in a lazy, abusive, selfish way, you will deepen and strengthen the natural rebellion to authority in the hearts of your children. See, it's amazing how much can be solved by us just living out the gospel, by putting ourselves under authority, by seeing ourselves in relationship with God, to, to, doing, to see how God does it, to see how Jesus does it, and then mimic, mimic him. It's amazing as we go through this how, how we see that the very basic thing. How many, how many messages do you think have been preached on raising children, on disciplining children, on teaching children, correct, correcting children? How many? And when it's all rooted and grounded into us not living the gospel in our own homes, not doing it the way that God does it. We don't need formulas. We just need to believe the good news. What God has called you to is to daily confront your child with how beautiful, helpful, and patient God's authority is. You want to be used of God to help your children to begin to believe that submission to authority is where life and freedom are to be found. That's where life and freedom are to be found. God's authority is not there to destroy the party, to end the party, to be a party pooper. He's there to make sure that your party goes on. It goes on. What kind of picture are, you, are your children getting of God's authority by the way you exercise yours? Helping your children to understand why they do what they do is doing gospel work. See, this is that lostness. We have to start peeling off the blinders to understand why our kids behave the way that they do so that they see themselves correctly. 
We are called not just to discipline, but also to instruct. Sometimes we are so lazy in our child, child raising that all we do is discipline their actions and we don't instruct them what you expect or what leads to life or character building. We don't instruct them. We don't tell them what they do, need to do. We just discipline when they don't do what we think they should do. They don't know why they do the things they do. Do you realize that? Your kids don't know that. They don't know why they resist you. They don't know why they argue with you. They don't know why you make them angry. They don't know why they think that they know better than you. They don't know why they demand their own way. They don't know why they will put themselves through tension and painful situations in order to fight for little independence. And we can ask ourselves that same thing. Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we, 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 we buck against God and God's way of doing things? Why do we try to think that we can manipulate the system and, be, and get away with things that God clearly says is going to lead to destruction? It's because of authority. They, our kids don't understand that there's this rebellion, rebellious nature. They don't understand the fall of man. They don't, they don't understand that man is in the fall chose to rebel against God and his authority over their life. And because of that, we buck authority in every aspect of our life. Your children don't know who they are and why they do the things they do. Your children daily suffer from a lack of spiritual self-understanding. Our kids could know their need for salvation before they ever do anything majorly wrong. Just by not eating their peace. You could lead your kid to Christ by, through them not eating their peace. Do you know that? Because it's all rooted in the same rebellion against God. It is never enough when your child has done something wrong to just Meet out discipline because you're always dealing with something deeper than just behavior. Your discipline must every, must every time be coupled with clear biblical instructions. And this, I'm telling you, I'm right there with you. I am learning, I am rewriting in my mind how to parent. And I'm not saying that it just changes overnight, but I tell you what, there's been very quite a few instances throughout the week where I would have reacted a different way and this, this, this new way comes up in me and it causes me just to pause long enough to do it correctly. <laughs> See, we're supposed to be giving them biblical instructions. I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about angry sermons. I'm not talking about getting up in, in the living room and, and preaching a message. A brief conversation is all it takes. A brief conversation that once and again enables your children to look at, examine, and understand the heart struggle behind their authority resistance. I, I, I see this quite often. If My kids, I can see it in the eyes of my kids when you sit down and just have an honest conversation with them on what they did and how it affects the family, how it's affecting them, all that. You can see in their eyes the understanding so much more than a spanking. 
So much more than being grounded. If you just take the time to explain what, what their actions, how, what that does to the whole family unit. God has revealed to you the mysteries of the human desire and, and motivation so that you can reveal those mysteries to your children who are lost, ignorant, and deceived. Wouldn't some of the things that you know now, wouldn't you have loved to know them when you were a kid? When you were a teenager? Do you think your kids are any different? God revealed those mysteries to you, the way to life to you, so that you can reveal them to them. Every time you couple ambassadorial discipline with ambassadorial instruction, you are giving the Spirit of God another opportunity to work understanding and desire for help into the heart of your children. Because we don't want behavior modification, we want heart transformation. Establish authority early in the little things is, God, is doing the gospel work. Fight for your authority battles early. Fight them when the issues are small. Fight them when they refuse to eat dinner. Fight with them when, when, when they've refused their bedtime. It's a lot easier to fight with a five-year-old than it is with a 17-year-old. Help them to understand authority from a young age. So many parents give in and let the kids run the house. And then, they, then it's even worse when they get older. Capitalize on the little moments of, that God will give you when you, your children are still young. You do not want to be fighting authority battles when they're older. Don't tell yourself that those little moments of resistance to your authority, what to eat, what to wear, when to go to bed, what to watch, doing chores, etc., are unimportant because the issue at hand is not that important. It's not important. The issue at hand might not be important. The little bucking of authority is, it might not be that big of a deal. But we're not dealing with just that little issue. We're dealing with the heart. We're dealing with the heart. Confessing that when it comes to authority, you are more like your children than unlike your children is doing gospel work. I, I, I think, I hope that you see as we, went through the, as we went through this teaching, that you see that you are more like your children than you'd like to admit. That you have a trouble with authority. You have a trouble with authority of men. You have a tr- author- trouble with authority of God. Why do, why do we get angry when we have authority exercised over us? That's the correct way to say that. Why do we make a big deal of something one day and then blow it off the next? Why do we tend to look at discipline moments as hassles? It's because we're bucking the authority that God has over us. Why do we do all these things? Because we're more like our children than unlike them. Our minds have not been renewed just like them, and it causes us to want our own way and to do things our own way, just as it does with our children. Anytime we exercise ambassadorial authority in a mean, angry, impatient, condemning, or submissive, abusive way, we are rebelling against the authority of the one who have been called, we have been called to represent. It's just not our children who have the authority problem. We do too. So even the, when we 
We exercise authority in a way that, that, that is unlike God, unlike the gospel, unlike Jesus, un, un, unlike um, the way of the Spirit. We are showing how we have taken ourselves out from the authority of God. We are doing it our own way. It's not just our children who need patient rescue. We do too. It's just not our children who, who need insight giving instruction, we do too. It's just not our children who need forgiving grace, we do too. It's just not our children who obey with their bodies but still harbor rebellion, rebellious hearts, we do too. Our anger and impatience as parents reveal the true condition of our hearts. Like our children, we need to, the care of a loving father who does not beat us with condemnation but rather caresses us with his grace. This is where we all need to start. Do you humbly own the rebellion of your own heart as you deal with the rebellion of your children in a way that causes you to exercise authority with patience and grace? Do you see, when you see the rebellion in your own heart, it will cause you to react with patience and grace towards the rebellion of your own children. When you see your need for God's grace in your own life, then you will give grace to your children. When you see how much you need the patience of God in your own life, then you will give patience to your, ki- your children. It's just the same, same thing as Jesus says that those that um, know how much they've been forgiven, they love much. Those that don't think they've been forgiven, no need for God's forgiveness, love, love God little. It's the same thing. Do you see that your, your rebellion needs God's grace? And in turn, because you need God's grace, in turn you need to give grace to your children. See, it is true that there is no more central issue in the lives of our children than that of authority. Their struggle with authority really does reveal the, the depth of the hold of sin on, the heart, on their hearts and their need for the grace of the Savior. And in that way, we really are like our children. We are just like our children. See, when we admit our need... We are able to exercise authority with humility and grace, giving our children a little picture of how beautiful and good God's authority actually is. When we submit to God's authority, when we understand that, that we have a bent toward, through our unrenewed minds to rebel against authority, then in turn we can train and discipline our children in, in ambassadorship where we are representing God's authority in their lives. And when we do that, they get a beautiful picture of what God looks like and how beautiful his authority is, how there's safe, how there's freedom, how, how the, the, there's blessing and in in being dependent on God and his way of doing things. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for... Your word that reveals your truth. We thank you that your truth 
leads to life. And we thank you that that truth is Jesus Christ. And this morning, as we look at our own means by how we show authority in our children's lives, I personally am humbled how, how many times I have not submitted to your authority in raising and, and disciplining and, and guiding my children. And I've come out from your authority, and I've done it in my own authority. I've done it in my own strength. I've done it in my own wisdom. I've done it controlled by my emotions and the passions and the heat of the moment. This morning, Lord, I, I, I ask for you to renew my mind of the responsibility I have as a father, as a parent, to reveal your goodness, to reveal your protection, to reveal how glorious the authority of putting yourself under the authority of a loving father is. how there's true freedom in being under, submitting to someone that loves us so much. Father, help us, to sh- help us to have the wisdom to talk to our kids about the deception of sin and to show them the reason why they do the things that they do is because they're re- rebelling against authority. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And we thank you that uh, no situation is too difficult for you. We thank you for, that there's forgiveness for any, any areas of our life that, that we feel like we've, we've done too much as a parent. We've screwed up too much. We've done it our own way for so long. How are we ever going to repair this situation with our kids? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are the God of, of the impossible, that you work all things together for good to those that love you and are called by your name. And we thank you for the restoration. You are a God of restoration, and you're restoring relationships. You're turning the hearts of their fathers back to their sons and the, and, and the daughters back to their mothers, that the parents and the children's hearts will be turned to each other, Lord, and that you will restore our land. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that that you have taken the blinders off our own eyes and that we we see the right way to to, to lead by example, to, to lead in the way of Jesus, to preach the gospel to our children, to show our need for you, Lord. Help us to show our need for you, that God, mom and dad is dependent on, on Jesus. That we are so dependent on Jesus. And the things that we do in our life, we, we do because, because it's the way of God. And there's great joy. It's not a burden. But there's freedom. There's joy. There's peace. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that as we continue to take those steps, that you are the one that makes the change in the lives of our children. You're the one that's making the change in our life supernaturally through the work of your Holy Spirit, and you're going to do the same in our families. You're going to do the same in our families. We love you. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.